Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to a new episode of Field Days, an award-winning podcast about news and hot topics related to the Michigan Department of Corrections. Here are your almost witty hosts, Chris Gouts and Greg Straub. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Field Days podcast. I'm Greg Straub, joined as always by the department spokesperson, Chris Gouts. Chris, we have... Uh, you know, a really, a really big guest today. I think um, this person has been on before. This person has done a lot of work for the Department of Corrections and helping foster and create some really, a, really a good foundation for leadership in the Department of Corrections. This person is also a friend of the pod, and I'm excited to have uh, David Chinsky back on today, Chris, to talk about a really, I, I think it's a, it's a really not not only engaging topic, but I think it's an important topic and can help a lot of our, you know, thirteen thousand ish staff. Better understand what's going on and how to how to navigate through, you know, these difficult times that we've, we were experiencing over the past year. So I, I'm super excited to talk to David Chinsky today, uh, Chris. And I know I know you are too, right? I am too. And if you'd ever stop talking, we could actually you know get into hearing. So yeah, let's, <laughs> well, let's get into it. Yes, because we have a lot of questions for for David. So David Chinsky is the uh, the founder and CEO of the Institute for Leadership Fitness, and David has, like I said, has trained so many, if not all, of our managers, supervisors, administrators, wardens. In, in servant leadership and in, in, a, in a different way of, of leading people. And David, I, I mean, you, you can talk about all that, but uh, welcome back to the podcast. I am super excited to have you on today to, to have a conversation. Thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Thanks, Greg and, and, and Chris. It's a pleasure to be back. So, you know, let's, let's talk about kind of what you do before we get into our discussion. Kind of talk about your, your, your program and, and what it consists of. The Fit Leaders Program, which 2,600 state of Michigan leaders have graduated from focuses on helping leaders set a clear direction, so increase their clarity, manage self-doubts, some of those negative voices that they hear, that's the confidence portion of the program, become more effective at getting things done, and importantly, taking care of themselves, which is the vitality portion. So how do we make sure that we're taking regular exercise, we're aware of the impacts of our food and beverage choices on our energy throughout the day and the importance of disconnecting from time to time to reset and renew our energy. So we work with state governments. We work with organizations in the private sector who are interested in developing their people, developing their leadership talent, and also addressing employee engagement opportunities. So our focus is really on creating vibrant leaders that can go the distance, that can lead on a sustainable basis. I've, I've taken your, your program and it is, it is amazing. And, and there's a lot of things that I have learned in your program Thank that you. I still, that I, you're very welcome, that I still use to this day. You know, the whole servant leadership portion of your program is, is, is top notch. It's amazing. I, I love it. So let's, I mean, and I, and I know some of the stuff you talked about as far as taking care of yourself and having the energy throughout the day. We'll, we'll get into some of that today. But I kind of want to talk to you, and I know you, um, I believe you started your own podcast, didn't you, David? I did. It's called the Fit Leaders Podcast, and it is available on all of the podcast platforms. It's actually hosted uh, principally by C-Suite Radio. I have been podcasting since September of, let's see, was it 2019? Well, I've been really enjoying it. Yeah, I've had a chance to listen. It is very good. It's much like your your program. Um, very engaging, very informational, very thoughtful. And if you if you get a chance, take a, take a listen to that. 
but let's talk about just kind of how in the past year how everything has changed, right? I mean, it, obviously, it certainly you, has. Yeah, you. I mean, your classes were thirty-ish. I don't know, thirty. A lot. There's a lot of people in your classes all sat in the classroom. Um, yes, that's no longer right. I mean, you're not doing that anymore as the world is no longer gathering in, in small inside areas. So, talk about how um, the pandemic and COVID has really changed the way that the world is and the way that the workforce is. Sure. Yeah. Just a, a quick uh, aside. I actually signed a second long-term contract with the state of Michigan on February 25th of 2020 with the intent to continue training more leaders in our program. We, as I mentioned, trained 2,600 leaders between 2013 and 2019. And when my contract expired, the state went out with another RFP. And I, of course, bid for it along with a number of other organizations and um, gratefully, I was uh, awarded the contract again to do more training to continue the Fit Leaders program. So that was, uh, we inked the, the contract on February 25th, 2020, and we intended to go back into the classroom in April 2020. And then, of course, a few weeks later, everyone started working in some very different ways. Some people went home to work. Other people obviously were preoccupied with managing uh, COVID-19. So we've been doing a lot more virtual programs, a lot more online, self-paced programs. I really think of COVID-19 as the great pause. And a lot of us you know, say, oh, this is unprecedented. And I think it's important to know that it isn't unprecedented. <laughs> this is not the first time this has happened. This has happened before. It's happened. It, it, we, we all know about the Spanish flu that happened in 1918. And at the at the present moment, there there were still more deaths associated with the Spanish flu than than with COVID. Now that is likely to to change if we can't get people vaccinated quickly enough. Although this is a time for reflection, this is a time to pause and decide how we want to be on the other side. And certainly, there are going to be changes to the way we work and the way we interact with our colleagues and with the people that, that we serve and, and care for. And, and yet we can choose how we want to be. So we have all heard about post-traumatic stress syndrome. And increasingly, we are seeing evidence that there is post-traumatic growth syndrome. And what we're finding is that often when people are exposed to some traumatic event, they come out of it with increased resilience. So while there clearly are people who will have traumatic experiences that will carry, carry them for a while through their life, if not forever, it's also very possible if we make some choices to actually come out of this with increased resiliency. And one of the, the things that, that I have tried to focus on is a framework that I call the four M's. And the first M is mindset. Some people have a fixed mindset. Some people have a growth mindset. A fixed mindset essentially means, gee, I just want to wait until we can get back to normal. I don't want to make any changes. I don't want to have to learn how to do things differently. And unfortunately, those people are going to have to wait a long time because we may never get back to the way it was done before, a better approach is to have this growth mindset where we're more adaptable, we're more willing to accept that we may have to learn some new 
ways of doing things. Just like I have learned in my business to continue to offer value to clients, I, I can't get into the classroom right now. So I have to look at how to adapt my program using Zoom or using Microsoft Teams um, or online. Um, I've learned that I have to really work hard to create some routine in my life so that I get up every morning and I still exercise and I still shower and I still still get dressed. And I have to learn, I have to read. Um, I'm teaching myself how to play the piano. So that's a growth mindset. It's like, I'm not afraid of learning some new things. So that's a choice to have a different mindset. So that's the, the first M, if you will. The second M is just movement is staying in motion. So not neglecting the importance of, of exercising. The third M is money, although for me it's, it's more investment and it's how we're investing not only our money, how are we investing our time as well? And when it comes to money, obviously some of us are able to cut some expenses not everyone. So if people are still driving to work. They're still having to fill their gas tank. For people that aren't, then that's some huge savings. I know my dry cleaning bills have gone down substantially. Uh, I used to wear, you know, a suit jacket every day when I was in the classroom. You know, not eating out, obviously. Not going to the movies, which is something I enjoy doing. I still like going to the theater, even though I've learned the benefit of of watching even more by streaming in my living room. So just being aware of some of those decisions. And then finally, to wrap up the four M's, the fourth M is meaning. What really matters to us? And again, as we think about how we want to come out of this experience, you know, what are the things that maybe upon reflection are somewhat petty? Maybe some, some things that we focused on or didn't focus on need to be changed. Maybe, maybe certain things got under our skin. Maybe maybe we weren't as compassionate to other people. So we have a choice to change those things. Now we have some time to think about how we were and how we want to be. And so really coming to terms with what really matters to us is key. So that is kind of in a nutshell, this 4M framework. And you know this is something I think is important for people, whether they're working uh, at home or whether they're working in a facility, in a prison, in an office, because this is just all about how we want to be coming out of COVID-19. No, those are all good tips. You just said it. We, you know, we have quite a few staff who are actually, you know, I mean, a large percentage of our staff are still working like normal. Um, they're still going to facilities. They're still yes. driving to work every day. We have a very small percentage that actually are working are detailed from their homes and working remote. So let's talk about that, that large percentage of staff who, you know, have never really uh, experienced their whole remote work. They've, they've went in every day. They've driven to work every day. It's just normal routine. Talk about, and, and, it's, and it's a very stressful situation, obviously, when you work in a situation where there, there's a global pandemic and you're going to work every day, you're around people. And, you know, it's very stressful. There's, there's anxiety and it's, um, you know, you're worried about your family, your health. So let's talk about the self-care Portion. And, and this can obviously this could probably speak to people who are working remote, but let's focus on um, the staff that are still working inside the facilities and at their offices every day. Talk about self-care and the importance of that and what they can do. Well, I think one of the things that's really important for our mental 
self-care is to appreciate that we are all going through a major disruption in our lives and and in the way that that we work with one another and to know that that is to be expected that there's nothing wrong with us it's okay to be depressed occasionally to be down to to worry to be anxious to maybe not be sleeping as soundly as 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 we have those are things that that can be easily explained. And we have to be careful not to think that there's something wrong with us. There's something wrong with the world right now. Um, and it's being caused by this little microscopic um, virus. And we're trying to get it under control. And so that's the first thing I would suggest. We have to, we have to maintain the right perspective that, that we should expect it's going to be difficult. The, the difficulty should not be an indicator that there's something wrong with us. The, the other thing that I think is really important, and you mentioned this uh, a few minutes ago, is that we need to take care of ourselves. We need to exercise. You know I'm a big proponent of regular exercise, whether that's every day, whether it's every other day, whether it's three days a week, whether it's in the morning, in the afternoon, or the evening, what matters is that we stay in motion because exercise can actually be an antidote to a lot of the stress and anxiety that is building up inside us day after day after day. We, particularly for morning exercisers, and again, I think people should exercise at the time of day that works best for them so that they can do it consistently because if we exercise at the same time, every day we exercise, we're more likely to develop it as a habit. An extra benefit of morning exercise, I'm a morning exerciser, is that it helps calibrate the day. It helps build a, a reserve of compassion and patience and calmness for me. And so when I start my day with exercise, I'm able to deal much more effectively with whatever comes my way. So I do think that it's important to exercise. I do think it's important to eat as nutritiously as you can to, to really, you know, focus on foods that give you energy and, and that don't weigh you down. Third, I think it's important to obey, if we, if we can use that word, the public health protocols. I think that, you know, obviously it's important if we're going to be interacting with other people in the workplace that, you know, we're careful, that we're social distancing when we can. And, you know, a while ago, someone suggested that maybe we lost an opportunity at the very outset when we when we coined the term social distancing. It really should be physical distancing because we we don't want to social distance. We want to be sociable, right? We want to be supporting one another. So we don't want to be socially distant. We want to be physically distant. We want to maintain enough of a distance whenever possible so that we're protecting one another. We're wearing masks. Uh, it's also important to be able to appreciate that we're serving people in a very special way if if we're the ones that that actually have to still go in to work every day. You know, sometimes I think, you know, people might feel, well, gee, I wish I could work at home. And, you know, I have to go into the office and and I'm put at greater risk. And and those are things that we ought to honor and, and appreciate the people who are doing that. We should really look up to these people because they are putting their lives at risk. And yet they've got the dedication 
and the passion to, to do their job and, and to take care of the people who are in their custody. And that's a difficult job. And there are lots of people in the country, in the U.S. and, and, in, and in other countries around the world that don't have the ability to work at home. So, you know, I congratulate and applaud people who are making those sacrifices on a daily basis. And, and these are just some of the things that, that they might do to protect them, both emotionally, mentally, as, as well as physically. I think those are all really, really good points. And I was certainly taking notes, uh, David, as, as, as you were talking. And, and I'm wondering, you know, going back to the, the idea of the, the individual who's been, for them, life hasn't changed a whole lot other than obviously temperature checks and, and things like that and, and more protocols inside the facilities, but they're still going to work every day. And, yes. they, and they might hear you talk about the, the four M's and they might sound good, but they might think, you know what? I, I just worked a 16 hour shift and I, I know that tomorrow I'm going to have to do 12, maybe 16 again. So my time for exercising, my time for eating healthy is going to be, you know, grabbing McDonald's on the way home, getting some sleep for a couple of hours and then going right back. Like, what kind of frequency or intervals do you think that are realistic for someone that's going to be constantly, you know, working at least 40, but certainly in many cases, much, much longer than that on top of the stress just of, of the job itself? Sure, sure. And those are very real situations that, uh, they, that you're describing. I believe that regardless of the number of hours that, that we work, we can create some what I'll call personal protective factors by doing some of these self-care activities as hard as they might be because what what I know to be true for myself and and for so many hundreds and thousands of other people that I've worked with is that when they start exercising when they start making healthier food choices it changes their whole life and it changes the way they feel about the long hours that they have to work. So I think that that it's it can be easy to say, you know, I just can't do those things. Maybe other people can. We all have the same number of hours in the day. No one has more than 24 hours. And yes, some of us work longer hours than than others. And yet I still come back to the fact that this is a personal choice that that we make. If we choose not to exercise, that's a choice. And we're not judging people if they make that choice. We're just saying that there's some real benefits that might not be accruing to those people had they exercised on a more regular basis, had they adopted a healthier lifestyle. And, and yes, it can be very hard. I, I, I know the situation you're describing because, you know, I've worked with, you know, thousands of your, your people and, and I know the, um, the workday and and I know that many people have to work more than one shift so it's a huge challenge I just believe that by making these choices you actually can create a better situation out of whatever the circumstances are that you have so while it might be more difficult to do with some planning and with a commitment and importantly with a why, right? Mm -hmm. So we have to be really clear on why we want to do that. Why do we want to exercise on a regular basis? Why do we want to make healthier choices? Why do we want to make sure we have some time to be still, to be separated from all the noise in the world? And, you know, one why might be, I want to, I want to be healthy. I want to, I want to live longer. 
I want to I want to have more energy for uh, the other people in my life that that I don't work with. You know, I want to I want to feel at the top of my game when I am at work. So sometimes when we're trying to develop a new habit and we're unsuccessful, it's because our why isn't strong enough. It's because we haven't said, look, there's a real good reason, a good so what, right? So so what if I exercise? What What's the impact going to be? We have to be able to say, I know what the impact will be. I know what the so what is. And so I'm going to work harder to create that habit. And as you know, once it's a habit, you don't have to think about it anymore. You wouldn't even think about not exercising. You wouldn't think about eating this or that. You would just have developed a habit. The, the hardest part in creating a new habit is the start of that new habit. And so really articulating the why you want to establish that habit can help us actually follow through. And if we fall off the wagon, if, if, we, if we do it for a few days and then we stop doing it, we don't beat ourselves up and say, oh, that, that'll never work for me. I'll never be able to do that. See, I told you so. Just, to, just accept the fact that it didn't work. Recommit to doing it. And with a strong why, you're more likely to actually make these things happen. And then importantly, receive the benefits that we all know exist. You know, when, when you're, whether you're talking about, you know, your, your lifespan and, and, and your health, or you're talking about just a, a, a project that you have for work, time is the only non-renewable resource there. Mm-hmm. And so you mm-hmm. have a certain amount of time to do something and every time, every amount of time that you spend doing something else, some other non-helpful coping mechanism or something else is taking time away from getting you to that, that end goal. And so I think people thinking about those things and putting them in that frame that you, that you referenced, I think is going to help uh, go a long ways. For, for a lot of our employees, when I was looking at your your four M's, I was like like I said, I was taking notes, you know. And I think uh, mindset. I'm guessing for me and for maybe for, for a lot of our our employees, we started in that fixed mindset. You know, it was originally billed as this is a two week pause, and then then it was a, then it's a month. Okay, now it's going to be a couple months. It's going to be the summer. Then we'll all be back to normal. And then slowly, I had to start thinking about you know, I'm gonna have, we're I'm we're changing a lot of the things that we're doing. We're doing things a lot differently. And then it became, now we're doing, it's been almost a year. Are we going to start doing things now uh, and continue this even once we get on the other side of this pandemic? And, and then when you talked about meaning, until you kind of go through it um, and having that empathy, I think there were some people who think, you know, that it's just the flu or this isn't that big of a deal. But then when it hits their facility and they see prisoners um, getting sick or they see their colleagues getting sick or, or, or never coming back, I think then it hits them. And I think, I think it's taken some time uh, for, and I think it hits everyone differently based on their own personal experience. But I think a lot of the things that you touched on, I think are really important and, and, it, and it helps set a good frame for me to, to think about this. And I hope for, for our listeners too, uh, as they, because everyone's, we've got 12, 13,000 employees and every single one of them is coming at it from a different uh, point, uh, point of view and frame. And I think, I think this has helped set some good uh, guardrails around uh, how to, how to think about that and process it. Good, good. All right, Chris, well, we have a double episode here with David Chinsky, which is, which is going to be nice. But this kind of wraps up our first, our first half of our conversation. You know, I think it's important to really focus on what David was saying as far as the self-care. And, you know, we all know that this is a very, very difficult time, you know, not, not only for our staff, but for millions and millions of people across the country who uh, you know, are dealing with this pandemic. So 
Um, I, I think it's important to talk about the self-care and the, you know, the four M's like he talks about. I, I just think you know, even if it takes you a half an hour or 20 minutes each day just to focus on yourself and kind of do something that uh, gets your mind off of things and you can relax with your family, if it's a hobby, if it's lifting weights, if it's exercising, you know, it's, a, it's an important conversation, Chris. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's why we wanted to have it uh, with David to talk about, uh, especially for our, our staff who are in the facilities who are dealing with us every day uh, and having the, the stressors that come with that. Uh, and I'm looking forward to the next episode uh, where we hit part two, where we can talk about, you know, the life and realities of working from home and the complexities and, and, and issues that that brings. Obviously, you're not in a facility, but there are still issues that you deal with there. And as well, even for facility stuff, there's going to be some stuff in there that's going to be good for them to hear some good tips in terms of uh, Zoom or Teams etiquette, because they are still they are doing some things on uh, remote video as well. So I think there's something in there for everyone, but we kind of wanted to separate them so that uh, each kind of has a little bit of their own focus uh, because they are, you know, two distinct uh, groups of employees who are dealing with uh, the pandemic, but obviously in much different ways. Yeah. So this episode focused on kind of our, our facility staff, how to take care of themselves. And next, in the next episode, we'll focus on more of our uh, our field staff who are majority working remote. Um, so stay tuned uh, to the next episode of Field Days Podcast. All right. As always, thank you for listening. We'd love it if you would help us spread the word about the podcast. You can do that by subscribing to the show on iTunes and leave us a review. You can always follow the department on Facebook at MI Corrections and on Twitter at Michigan DOC, as well as the FOA account at MDOC FOA and the CFA account at MDOC CFA. And you can send any questions you have to the show using the hashtag AskFieldDays. Until next time. Thanks for tuning in to Field Days Podcast.